hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Don't you just love a rags to riches story? Ever wonder why? Isn't it because you hope someday that it will happen to you? You want to go from wherever you are today to some fabulous, amazing life in the future. Well, how's that going to happen? That's right. It's David back with the fourth and final episode of our Four Principles of a Debt-Free Life series. This one is all about you getting rich and what it will take to get you there. As with the previous three, this is backed up with an awesome free tool that you can get from the bottom of the show notes page. Let's get on with helping you go from where you are today to a richer you. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. Hey, let's see if this card goes through for that $8,000 drink. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wants to be a part of the in crowd. Everybody wants to to look good. My my decision was, I'm not a victim. I'm not going to stay and work someplace where this is a problem. Normally, we don't drink our queer money, but because we're talking about a subject that David is rather vanilla on... glass of wine because you're listening to Queer Money with the Debt Free Guys. This is the only show helping our community do more and be more by talking about money from the queer perspective. Alrighty, welcome back to the fourth and final episode where we are discussing the four principles of a debt-free life. John and I have put in some time here to try to help you understand the path that we took that allowed us to pay off $51,000 in debt, save for, buy a condo, and now amass nearly $500,000 in net worth. We're at this fourth and final point, and I have a question for John. Well, before we go further, I want to add the caveat that that close to $500,000 in net worth does not include any equity in our condo right. that we have. So that equity that we have in our condo is in addition to the investable assets that we have. Exactly. Sorry, go ahead. So I have a question for you. <laughs> Think back to a time period in the past, distant past, when you had started to date someone. And you had been dating this person for a little while, and you were ready to take your relationship to that place. Where's that? You know what that place is. <laughs> I do not. So tell us what you did. And I never had these urges before you. Right. <laughs> tell us what you did to get ready for that date. Well, that was quite some time ago. So I can remember way back when. <laughs> um, so if I wanted to take the relationship to the next level do the deed, um, well, I would strategically plan that in advance. That'd be, um, you know, a couple of weeks at least. And I would go on a strict diet and I would be going to the gym at least once a day, if not multiple times a day. Um, this would probably entail a, um, a shopping trip to get some new clothing and um, from head to toe, new shoes. That would require new shoes, new new jeans, new shirt, new underwear, new fancy underwear. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, 
you know, I might get a little, go to do a, little, a day or two of tanning. Um, so yeah, I'll get all primp and proper, and then I come up with a um, uh, an, a fun evening. So why did you put on all that effort? Um, because I knew that I would need to, if I that there was there was an arc. If I wanted to get to a certain place, I had to do certain things. So you had to plan in advance, right? Yes, I had to strategically plan in advance right. to get from point A to point B. Right. So as you can probably tell... There's a metaphor here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fourth and final principle is to have a financial plan. So John and I truly believe that if you ever want to get anywhere, you have to have a plan to get there. And especially that's the case with your finances. Most people have an elusive idea of where they want to be. And we encourage people to have a very strategic, exact plan where they want to end up. Yeah, I think this is a challenging principle because even people, whether it's elusive or clear to people where they want to be, they want to have secure retirement, they want to save up for a house, they want to put their children through college, so that they graduate debt-free and the parents aren't um, you know, financially ruined. Uh, whatever the case may be, whether it's clear or, or, or elusive, I think what's scary for a lot of people is if I want to get to point B, I have to know where point A is. And I don't want to know where point A is because I know that's probably not good. Right. <laughs> and, and so you know, if, to get to point A to point B, you have to know where you're starting. And that requires doing an assessment of your current financial situation, understanding what your current spending is all about. Um, you know, where are you overspending? Where are you underspending? Are you prepared based on your age? Uh, are you preparing appropriately for retirement? How much debt do you have? So I think it's a scary, it's it's challenging goal. But the longer we keep our proverbial heads in the sand, the worse the scenario gets. And and so it's either you know bite the bullet now or, or, or suffer the consequences later. Exactly. We want to remind you that there is a free download for this podcast. And it is our ebook, The Money Conscious Financial Planning Guide, 12 Steps to a Richer You. And in the very beginning of that book, we use the Aesop fable of the ant and the grasshopper. And the whole idea of the parable there is that the grasshopper is enjoying life, letting the summer go by, having a good time, telling the ant to take it easy. All the while, the ants are grooming a field and planting and preparing for the eventuality of what they know is going to be a winter where there won't be anything available. And they knew where they were at and where they where they needed to end up in order to stay alive mm -hmm. and so it is an appropriate analogy for where we are today i think we mentioned in the previous podcast the time frame when many of our parents grew up uh, and our grandparents grew up the world in general was doing a very good job at taking care of individuals as they got older there were pensions there were uh, there was a fully funded social security. This whole idea of having a secure retirement was something that a lot of people 
relied on, have heavily relied on employers and the government, which we know we can't do today. So we have to make changes and do things differently than what our parents and grandparents have done. Right. Well, well and, and you have to think too that our entire economy now, relative to when our parents and grandparents were growing up and becoming adults and, and taking care of their children, our economy, entire economy right now is based on consumers financing almost everything. Right. We finance phones, we finance furniture, we finance houses, we finance cars, we finance education, we finance, we finance, we finance. So everything has completely changed. Right. And, it, and the unfortunate part about that is it's become such a way of life, but the reality is, is that financing takes three or four, nine or 10, 18 or 20 percent of your income away for all those purchases. And that money is money that you can't use to prepare or plan for the future. No, and I think a lot of times people also often assume that there's no other option or that if they want to have the quality of life that they desire or that they feel that they deserve, there's no other option but for them to finance it with credit cards or some other convenient system. And when we had $51,000 worth of credit card debt, our almost our entire life was being financed but then when we paid off all of that debt we basically gave ourselves a ten thousand dollar raise because we were no longer spending ten thousand dollars a year financing our debt so we gave ourselves a raise and all of a sudden we could have a bigger quality of life than we'd ever had before better yet we were financially independent we didn't owe anybody anything exactly and what's interesting about what john just said there and you may be feeling this too as you're paying your debt off as you see your debt decrease the capacity in which that you have to to use that money for so many good and better things you know not only did we not have the ten thousand dollars that we were paying on in, in interest charges every year we were able to put that into our 401ks but we also began living a cash flush life where we weren't putting things on credit so we were no longer making credit card payments either Right. That money was used to actually pay for our daily activities. And because we had curtailed our daily activities to a lifestyle that mattered most to us, we weren't spending on all these other things. We were spending on the things that mattered most to us, retire, planning for retirement and travel. Yeah, it, granted, we threw in the uh, occasional nice dinner, some gourmet food from nice clothes from time to time, we still were able to do those kinds of things. But the reality is we saw that those things were easy for us to take care of as well as watch our investable assets grow significantly, partly because we were not only putting the money aside ourselves, but then we were getting our employer matches from mm -hmm. our 401ks, which we highly recommend. Make sure you put as much money that you can into your 401k so that you get that employer match. At least do that amount. So I think that if, if you're daunted by the idea that you're in a horrible place and you don't want to have to assess where you are in order to get to where you want to be, I think it's smarter to look at it from the other vantage point, kind of like what we did. When we finally hit our rock bottom and were depressed about our financial situation and knew that we had to change something, the first thing we did was not focus on our current situation, I'm sure we had a, a week or two of depression about that, but focus on our end goal. What is it we most wanted in life? What is how did we envision envision 
our most successful life? How did we envision our best life? And when we narrowed it down to the three things, one, to save for retirement and have a secure retirement, two, to travel the world, and three, to be able to give back to our community, when we narrowed down what we most wanted and how abundant we wanted each of those components of our lives to be, then we had the motivation to say, okay, now we gotta, if we wanna get there, we need to look at where we are here. And we need to slow, slowly chip away at that and make sure that all, all the while we're focusing on the end goal. Exactly. I think, you know, part of what we talk about in uh, Money Conscious Financial Planning Guide, 12 Steps to a Richer You, that is one the, the free downloadable this week, is to create a plan that f uses small steps that feed into bigger steps to feed even into even larger steps. So, you know, when you think about the idea that, okay, you had $51,000 worth of credit card debt to pay off, well, that seems kind of daunting, especially since we couldn't simply write a check and pay off that $51,000 worth of credit card debt in one one check or even, you know, 12. Right. <laughs> you know, it took us a couple years to do that. But if we focus on just trying to eat the whole elephant at one time, we never would have been able to eat the elephant. So what, what, what we recommend is for people to use the uh, sand, pebble, and rock analogy. You know, how do you get all of those components into one jar? Well, you can't put the sand in first, otherwise the pebbles and the rocks won't fit. You have to put the rocks in first, which are your big goals, and then put your pebbles in, which are your medium-term goals, shake that up a bit, and then you can put the sand in, shake that up a bit, and that's the way you can get all components in there. And how that what that correlates to is, you know, your rocks are your your big goals, such as saving for retirement, being able to travel the world, putting your kid through college, buying a house, you know, whatever whatever those large rocks are for you. And then you find pebbles or smaller goals that help feed into those those larger goals. So it might be, like David said, uh, getting your full employer match in your 401k. It might be maxing out your Roth IRA. It might be making sure that you have a fully funded emergency savings account. Um, anything that would help make it easier for you to get to those larger goals. And then the sand or the small the small goals would be kind of your daily financial management where you would have a budget from week to week. You would have a grocery list before you go to the grocery store so you stick within your grocery budget. Those kind of smaller day-to-day -day goals that kind of help feed your medium-term goals that kind of help feed your long-term goals. Right. And one of the other things that makes this an actually a, a somewhat enjoyable process is the, the idea of planning those small things with the idea in mind of the great things that you can do. I think, you know, we knew, use this question before in this series in the podcast of the idea of having the margarita on the beach in Mexico or at the restaurant here in Denver. And we would ask ourselves on a regular basis, what choice do you want to make? Do you want to choose to go to Mexico or do you want to choose to go to another restaurant? And so we would make the choice to go to a restaurant, but maybe we do it in a more economical way or we do it in a more uh, money conscious way so that we could set aside $20 this week towards our travel fund that would then allow us in six months or eight months to be able to say, all right, we've got $1,000. We can go ahead and book a hotel and use miles to get to the, to our destination and all of a sudden we've got a vacation simply because we made those small little choices on a daily basis to ask ourselves which do we really want more right and I think it's also you know it's important to, to especially in this gig economy this gig economy because there's so many much opportunity but I think it's important to not just focus on how you can um, penny pinch how you can cut back here so you can have more there 
while that's important and it's there's no way to achieve the success that you want to achieve if you if you aren't um, strategic and, and and diligent with your your money the money that you do have the money that you do earn but especially in the, this gig economy you can it's also important even more so to focus on how to bring more money in right you know there's there's so many things that you can do right now you can become an uber driver um, you can create your own online business if you're artsy and craftsy and you knit or you you make paintings or whatever you can open up a, a virtual store on Etsy um, you can do what we're doing, podcasting. You can create a blog that you can monetize. There's so many things that you can do in this new gig economy. In addition to the traditional jobs, such as getting a, a job at the local uh, coffee shop, or especially this, uh, um, you know, the holiday season or, or or early in the year when all these retailers need to have extra stock people and need to have extra retail. Helpers. So there's so many there's so many opportunities to help maximize or increase your income, so that you could, don't have to just worry about one side of your balance sheet. You can work, focus on both. Right. All right. You're absolutely right, John. This whole idea of us thinking about ways that we can make more money is is great, and especially looking at the places where we're already at. You know, I know that a lot of people want to think about oh, the gig economy and all these little things that I can do to make a little extra money here or there but think about uh the places where you're already making money talk to your boss about if you're not a salaried employee is there a way for you to work some overtime that's one of the things that as i mentioned before that's one of the things we use when we paid off our fifty-one thousand dollars in credit card debt i started working overtime and then talk to your boss about what it will it take to make the get the highest raise possible how do you become that stellar employee? What are the kinds of things that your boss is looking for so that you can get that better raise? But this it's interesting because all this, this idea of knowing how much money you're making ties into this plan, which goes right back to that very first principle of being money conscious. We know that we're, when we're making money, when we're bring, we know how much money we're bringing in. It allows us to be cognizant of where we're at financially. And that plays into these beginning steps of the plan. It's it's this whole idea of going, I'm going to go back to the analogy or the, the parable of the ant. The ant's working in the field. That ant knows what it should be doing to prepare for the future. Well, that's kind of, you know, I don't want to call ourselves ants, but we are preparing for our future. Right? So it's interesting because it ties back into this whole idea of the four principles. The first principle being money conscious, knowing how much money you're making, knowing how much money you're spending allows you to then have an accurate picture so that then you can understand principle number two, which is live below your means. And living below your means allows you to then use that extra money to either pay off your debt or to start accumulating so that you can have the things that you want. And the key, one of the keys for us and one of the keys that we believe for most people when they're getting out of debt is that when they're in that learning learning phase learning how to live below your means the key is using cash because if you're not using cash you're going to spend that extra 10 12 18% on just your everyday activities which doesn't allow you to live below your means and all of that feeds into this plan and that's the reason why John and I want to give you this free ebook. It lays out in 12 steps the things that you can do to create a plan that 
is the culmination of the way for you to do exactly what we did, to build that richer, better life, whatever that may be, whether that's funding your kids' education, if it's travel like us, if it's giving back to your community, whatever in whatever aspect you're giving back to your community. But John and I truly believe that our goal and our purpose in life is to give back to our queer community. We believe in a financially strong queer community, and that's what we're doing. We know you have desires and goals, and you want to do things in your life that make you feel good, not just temporarily, but long-term. And money and finances and being financially stable is one of the keys to being able to do that. Right. I'll say this. It's, if you're listening to this when it's pu- this podcast is published, it's the fourth week of January or shortly thereafter when you're listening to this. There's a good chance you may have already given up on your diet and your finance goals. I hope that listening to this series, in particular, this episode, will reinvigorate you to stick to the goals that you made January 1st or January 2nd and get out of financial debt or improve your financial life in one way, shape, or form so that next year you can set even bigger and better goals for yourself and you create a crescendo of, of, of personal improvement. Absolutely. And this doesn't have to be the end of this for you. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so that every week you're getting a dose of motivation, encouragement, and ways that you see other people doing it and little tips and tricks that we will provide along the way that will allow you to build that bigger and better life. One that allows you to do more and be more. Right. Uh, Certainly subscribe to our uh, podcast on iTunes. But if you also want to stay in direct contact with us regularly, we do have a newsletter that you can subscribe to. Go to our website. You can also um, get every blog post that we create and every podcast that we create sent directly to your inbox um, if that would be easier for you to manage. And uh, we're definitely here to help you out. So feel free to reach out to us through the contact contact page at debtfreeguys.com. You can email us directly. We're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and you can always direct messages on either uh, any of those platforms. And any question or any thought that you have, that just if you share that with us, that inspires us to help more. And the reality is, is you know, you think about the time period when you were in a classroom and you didn't want to raise your hand because you didn't want to ask a stupid question. What the reality was that a third of the class had that same question they were just scared to ask. You're the exact in the exact same situation. We know that there are hundreds of thousands of people out there who are just like you who have question financial questions. We were in that case, in that space 10 years ago and so we, whatever we can do to help will definitely lend a hand. Absolutely. So if you haven't listened to all four of these January uh podcasts, the four principles of a debt-free life podcast, uh, please make sure you do. Uh, I think it's very valuable. These are the principles that helped David and I get out of $51,000 worth of credit card debt and turn our financial lives around. We're positive they can help you. So um, please uh, give them a try. And if you have any questions or need any support, we're definitely here to help you out. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us for all four episodes. We were inspired by all of you to make these four shows happen. We've heard from so many of you who have asked for help, and then started taking those steps to live a bigger and better life, a life that is filled with more fun, with being money conscious, and ultimately living a debt-free life. Remember to get the free ebook on our site for this podcast and join all the rest of us who are doing it now. Thanks again, and have a great week. Okay. 
We just serviced you. Now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle newsletter at queer.money. Well, I'm not really gay. (laughs) (laughs) Would help me if I had a personal chef made all the the healthy meals for me. So instead, I'll have a Snickers and everything. (laughs) (laughs) The other end, I like the butts. So. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.